0: Hey everyone, this is Pastor Joshua and welcome to the High Praise Podcast. We are honored you've downloaded today and believe you are going to be encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you are blessed by this ministry, you can sow a financial gift by going to our website, highpraise.church. That's highpraise.church. Or you can text your gift to 407-326-2034. That's 407 326 Two zero three four. Now let's get into today's message. I'm really glad to be coming into a new year. How many are thankful to be coming into a new year? Uh, I've heard some people say this about the year 2022. My son has told me this joke about a dozen times, and I've heard other people say it too. 2022, if you think about it, is really just 2020. It's in the way it's it's it on. The way it's pronounced is 2020 part two. And I'm like, we rebuke that in Jesus' name. We say, get thee behind me, Satan. We are not accepting that word of 2020 part two. Can the church says, amen. But honestly, even, even in 2021, uh, we all still went through some things that were you know, less than ideal. How many of you had some less than ideal circumstances you had to face? in 2021. I know a lot of you, we've talked, I know a lot of the situations a lot of you have had to go through in this year, and they have been less than ideal. And you know, uh, at the end of 2020, 2021, that whole cycle is kind of like, see you later, we're pushing forward into a new year, believing for a new season, a new day, and new victories. Can somebody say amen? But we also can't forget that while the past couple years, have largely been some of the most difficult years that I can remember. As a matter of fact, we were talking, uh, me and my siblings were talking, myself and and, and Pastors Kayla and Kelvin, obviously Pastor Miranda and Pastors Mike and Chelsea, we were all talking just about how since 20, probably since uh, like mid-2018, early 2018, uh, there have we collectively as a ministry, our family, all these type of things, have been through a lot of uh, an an inordinate amount of difficult events that we've had to go through uh, over the course of the past three and a half years or so. Probably more than I can remember in any uh, set of time that was kind of uh, clustered together. And I don't want to go and rehearse all of those things, but man, we went through some difficult things over the past three and a half years. Anybody else gone through some difficult things over the past three and a half years? And while I am thankful to be rolling over into a new year, we must also remember that rolling into a new year is not some magical thing that happens and now suddenly we'll never have problems again and everything's just always going to be good and victory, 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 breakthrough, 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 never any difficulty. I'd love to sit here and tell you that or that the marking or the rolling over of a new year just means that suddenly everything is perfect, unfortunately, that is not generally how it works. The rollover from one year to the next is not a magical event. But I do feel that there are things that God wants to do that are fresh for this year. But they don't get accomplished simply because, whoo, it's a new year and you're going to see things new in 2022 right? It amazes me how God rhymes every year. I don't have, I won't get into it too deeply. If you've ever followed the prophetic movement at all, which I believe in, and I say yes and amen to every year, there's a rhyme for whatever the year is, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's okay. You don't want to know. Y'all stay away from it. It's, it's junk. But the reality is this. It's not just a new rhyme for a new year and everything's going to be good and you're never going to have problems. It really amazes me that, well, I don't, I'm going to get into a little bit of trouble, but that's okay. It amazes me that, you know, of all the prophetic words, I didn't hear anybody talk about COVID in 2020. Well, bless God. Y'all don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. I didn't hear anybody talk about difficulties in 2021 that we've that everybody has gone through. Everything was always just good. And I believe God speaks to potential and all of that. But at the same time, we have to understand that just because God is saying something good doesn't mean that the good doesn't come without difficulty. How many know that Jesus did some great things while He was on the earth? Signs, wonders, miracles. They also wanted to kill Him all the time. So just because good things are happening doesn't mean there will be the absence of difficulty. And just because there is a rollover doesn't mean that things are going to suddenly, every problems going to disappear and never happen again. I know y'all wanted me to tell y'all that this morning, but I would be lying to you if I was telling you that. And there's a lot of people that are going to be lying this morning. But I do believe that, I do believe this, and y'all hang with me, that if we properly steward the season we are in, and the situations that we are placed in, that you can go into a new season with a fresh start, with a reset. <laughs> Let me put it for some, to some millennials and some Gen Z that are here today that might know probably more millennials than Gen X, actually, what I'm going to say right now, in, and y'all will relate. People who had a Nintendo Entertainment System. Come on, somebody. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Some Duck Hunt and some Super Mario Brothers, right? Not, in, not Mario 64, not any of that mess. The Nintendo Entertainment System with the, what was the gun called you got? I don't The Nintendo gun. I don't know. It probably had a name. Some of y'all even had the lame power glove. But <laughs> for those of y'all who had the Nintendo Entertainment System like me growing up, that, that was my introduction to video games, was the Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES. Back when you didn't have to be, have so much dexterity to play video games with 47 buttons. We had a D-pad and two buttons. Come on, somebody. Am I preaching to anybody today? But here's what would happen. Sometimes your game would just be glitching out and acting funny. Anybody ever have a game kind of glitch out and act funny when you were playing the NES? And what 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 was your first course of action if that thing was messing up? You would hit a button on the front that was a reset button. And it reset the whole thing. And if that didn't work, you blow on it. That's right. You take that cartridge out and you blow in that sucker until it starts working. I don't know what the science was behind it, but it worked. Can somebody say amen? It worked. If that didn't work, you just hit the thing a couple times until it works. But I really do feel this, that there are some things in life that feel like they might have been glitching out in this season, and it's time to hit the reset button on some things and let some things recharge and get things correct and get them right so that we can properly proceed. Let me give you another video game analogy. not just full of video game analogies this morning, but I've got a couple. Normally, it's sports analogies. This is the reality. If you're playing a game, you can't go to the next level until you beat the one that you're on. And there's a lot of people who want to go to the next level in life without beating the current level they are in right now. They haven't mastered what they're facing today, and they want to go to the next thing. And you can't go to the next thing until you are able to master what you are in today. There are people who are wanting to advance to what is next without mastering What is now? Isaiah 43. Y'all there? You should be there. I've given you plenty of time. Verse 16 says this. I'm not there. Y'all are there. I'm not there. 43, 16. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down and cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I, gave, I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink... To my chosen people, the people who I've formed for myself, so that I might declare my praise. Stop there. The Lord starts telling them this and he says, listen, don't remember the former season. Just forget it. Hallelujah. That's what we all want to hear. Don't don't remember what's behind you. (coughs) Forget about that and press forward into what's new. We all want to hear that word. But we completely ignore the context of this prophetic word. This is given while Israel is in Babylonian captivity. And it comes on the heels of some pretty sharp rebuke from Isaiah. They're in captivity. Isaiah's rebuking them. He spends half of Isaiah 42 rebuking them for their disobedience. This is why context is important. Because you can pull any scripture out of context and make people shout about it and they have no clue what they're shouting about. He spends half of a chapter rebuking them for their disobedience. But then in Isaiah 43, the Lord comes with a promise of deliverance. Now hear me. Deliverance, the new day, and forgetting that which was behind them, could not come until they first dealt with what they needed to deal with while in exile. We want a promise of deliverance without any of the work of getting rid of that which has put us in bondage. You all awake this morning? What everybody wants is somebody to pray for them, lay hands on them, anoint them with oil, and all their problems to disappear, and for us to have no responsibility over what we do, the way we think, the way we treat people, the way we act, we want our marriages to go to a marriage conference and somebody to give us a couple tips and points and then for us to go through a fire tunnel and all of a sudden us to have the best marriage ever after we've spent years in dysfunction. Hmm? Are y'all with me? Did y'all want something a little cheerier this morning on, on the first Sunday of the year? We got to deal with stuff. If you want to go into the next season, if you want the promise of forget that which is behind you, you've got to deal with what you're looking at today. And that's what we want. We are so trained. And by the way, I love, I love uh, our, our church cultures and traditions, whatever traditions we have As far as in charismatic Pentecostal Christianity, I love our expressions. I believe in them. I believe there's power in them. Can somebody say yes and amen? But those all become empty if we are not applying things in our everyday life. You don't get to come to church once a week, hear me preach at you, and it fixes everything. You have to apply what is being talked about and what is being taught and you have to act, act on that in your everyday life or else it's really just you hearing me give a good talk. Hmm? That's all it is if we don't apply the word to our lives. We, there are so many people that they are, they are hearers of the word only but are not doers and then wonder why they're stuck on the same level. You haven't mastered what level you are in and you can't go to the next. No matter how many prophetic words you get, no matter how many new years there are, no matter how many promises you have, unless you deal with what you're facing, you'll never get to the next level because you'll never get the freedom you need to get there. Listen, God doesn't send any sort of negative circumstance on us to teach us anything. Can somebody say amen? God doesn't make you sick to teach you anything. God doesn't bring difficulty in your life to teach you anything. God didn't send COVID to teach us all the lesson. But in the midst of it, God will use it to form us because all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purposes. God didn't send it, but God will use it to get something out of you that wasn't meant to be there. He doesn't send it, but he will use it to form you for his glory. Does that make sense? All right. One of the worst things we do is say, Well, God's gonna God God made all this happen so that he could teach me something. I've heard people say, Well, God, God God let that person die so he could teach me something. And I thought, wow, what a narcissistic point of view. That God let someone else die to teach you something. That's incredible. That God needed to take someone else's life to teach you. Amazing. God must have loved you a lot more than he loved them then. That God doesn't work that way. Can somebody say amen? Somebody's like, oh, I've thought that before. (laughs) God doesn't work that way. But what he will do is in the middle of it, use circumstances to form you. Hmm? He'll use them to form you. So All this is going on, in the midst of everything that's going on over these past couple years, the season we've been in, and by the way, the season has stretched for more than a year. But the Lord has been calling for all of us to deal with stuff. He's been calling for us to get something straight. Why? Because He wants to deliver you. He wants there to be that reset in your life. He wants to release fresh purpose, fresh identity, fresh zeal, fresh fire. But oftentimes, hear me, oftentimes our new season isn't waiting on God to release it. It's waiting for us to come into the victory of the current season we're in. Hmm? God is not sitting there going, I'll do this when I'm good and ready. God's going, I'm ready for you to deal with your stuff so I can put you in the place and in the season that I've called you to be in, but you are the holdup, not me. It's a lot easier to blame God for us not being in a new season and look in a mirror and go, God, what how, how am I holding back what you want to do within me? It's a lot easier to do that. Trust me, I've done it before. God it's just going to be on your time. And then God goes, mm, waiting on you. Wait, what? You're waiting on me? You mean I've got to do something? Yeah, you've got to do. I've got to. God, you're God. Right. And I've got good things I want to do for you. But you've got to deal with this thing. Because if I gave you what I wanted to give you now, and you still had this thing in your life, it would be more detrimental than the state you're currently in. Hmm? All right. right, Maybe we'll make y'all shout next week. Y'all ain't going to shout this morning, apparently. The worst thing God can do is bring you into your new season without working out what He's working out of you in the season you're in. God, I want you to give me that financial breakthrough. But you aren't budgeting. You aren't giving. Well, you haven't passed the test of the season you're in. And if God gave you the financial breakthrough you're believing for, you'd be in even a bigger mess than you are currently. Hmm? God, I want a fresh season of my marriage. Well, what are you doing to make that happen? Have you... Examine the way that you're talking to your spouse? Have you listened to them whenever they've said things hurt them? Or do you just go, oh, you'll get over it. you got to toughen up. I'm just joking. Why are you so sensitive? (laughs) God, I want my kids to behave better. I want a new season in my children's life. Well, when are you going to stop speaking death over them? When are you going to stop telling them they're brats and they're rebellious and they're this and they're that? When are you going to... I'm going to get in y'all's business. When are you going to make church a priority and getting them to the house of the Lord over everything else and not let everything else take ascendancy and then wonder why your kids' lives are a mess? Hmm? The reality is this. We're always saying, God, when are you? And God oftentimes is looking at us and going, when are you going to get things straight? Because I've given you the tools for victory, and you aren't applying them. I've given you the tools to reset, and you aren't applying them. Am I being too harsh on y'all today? Listen, for every finger I got pointed at you, three back at me. I'm preaching this at me just as much as I'm preaching it at you. Are y'all with me? All right. Thank you for those of you who are. Those of you who are not, you can listen to it again later. I know you want God to launch your ministry, but you aren't faithful to church. You don't volunteer anywhere. You show up 40 minutes after service has started. And you want God to launch your ministry? You haven't passed the test of the season you're in. I love you, but it will be detrimental for God to release you to a new season when you haven't mastered the season you're currently in. Because listen, listen, y'all still with me? I know I've asked that a lot. And I haven't asked it because I feel like y'all aren't with me this morning. This is, this is what the Lord is saying. Passing the test will make way for the reset. Let me give you the example. I think it's one of the, the greatest biblical narratives of this. So we're all familiar with Jacob, right? <coughs> we're all familiar with Jacob. Jacob would later become who? Israel. He'd later become Israel. But we often forget The order of progression that God takes him on. We remember him as Jacob and then we remember him as Israel and we forget the entire in between thing that is the process of progression to go from Jacob to Israel. To get to be who God wants you to be, you've got to go through a process of working things out of you to get a new identity, to get a fresh start, to get a reset. Jacob schemes, y'all know the story. Jacob schemes with his mother to steal the birthright blessing of his brother Esau. This is really some messed up stuff. If you don't know the story, I'll give you a quick synopsis, right? So he takes animal hair because Esau's a hairy man. He's a wild man. And he, uh, 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 Jacob takes, along with the help of his mother, his father is, is, is on his deathbed. He can't see well. He's got health issues. And he takes and he puts, he puts animal hair on his body in order to deceive his father. You think your family's messed up? Read the Bible. You'll find some really messed up families. Of course, we know what happens. Uh, if you go back further, Esau is not without, without fault in this because he agrees to sell his birthright to his brother for some soup. Imagine being so driven by your carnal desire, by your fleshly need, that you sell the, bless, the, the generational blessing for a temporary uh, uh, bowl of soup that's going to make you full for a couple hours. they got some messed up people. Of course, Esau finds out that he's deceived his father. He's infuriated. He wants to kill his brother, so he flees. Jacob has a vision that we call Jacob's ladder. God starts speaking blessing over his life. Think about this for a second. After Jacob has just lied and deceived and done all this, God starts speaking blessing over his life in the immediate aftermath of it. That'll mess with some people real quick because we all think we got to get everything right before God starts giving us promises of blessings, but he's doing it to Jacob whenever he's just been a complete thief because God will always speak to your potential, but he doesn't release it immediately. There's a process to get there. He has the vision. He ends up in Laban's house to serve because he sees this beautiful woman named Rachel. Laban says, hey, you can marry her if you work for me for seven years. This is the dowry. This is the price. Boy, what an antiquated system. And all the women said, y'all should be saying amen that your dad can sell you for a man working for him for seven years. It's pretty messed up. But the years seem like days because of how much... Jacob loves Rachel. On the wedding night, Laban pulls an old switcheroo. And Jacob marries Rachel's older sister, Leah, instead of Rachel. Interestingly enough, he's deceived in the same manner that he once deceived. If that's not a story and a lesson about sowing and reaping, the one who deceived was deceived. Well, a whole different message. Jacob goes, I still want Rachel. Then he says, okay, work for me for seven more years, and she's yours. Jacob does it. This whole process is working something out of Jacob. I think during this process, maybe he realizes his ways of supplanting wasn't actually a good thing. Whenever he tasted what it was like to be on the other end, maybe he realized this isn't the way that you operate, that deception is wrong. God's working something out of him in this season because he can't be blessed as long as he's the supplanter and the deceiver. He can't receive the blessing that God has pronounced over his life in his vision as long as these, <coughs> these things are still part of who he is. He ends up leaving Laban's house after he marries after he marries uh, Rachel, and that brings us to this next text, which is the reset. Go to Genesis thirty-three or thirty-two. Genesis thirty-two. We're going to wrap up quickly. I promise. Genesis thirty-two, verse twenty-two it says this. The same night when he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 children. Bless God. I tell you what, I read about polygamy in the Old Testament, and I just go, why? One wife is more than enough because she's so wonderful. I was going to say something else, but she said, be careful from the front row. And I said, yes, ma'am, absolutely. The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on his hip socket. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the the thigh muscle that is on the hip socket because he struck Jacob on the hip socket at the thigh muscle. For context, before we read this, uh, we have to understand what all is going on here. If we remember once again, Jacob, years ago, has deceived his brother Esau out of his birthright. In the last time they were together, Esau was in a position where he wants to kill Jacob. Right? So, right before this, Jacob is preparing for his first ever, or his first encounter he's had with Esau in decades. Last time they wanted, they met Esau wants to kill him, so Jacob is preparing for the worst. He sends him gifts ahead of him, and all these things because he's like, Esau is going to finally do what he said he was going to do all these years ago, and he's going to kill me. So he sends his wives, his wives, his wives, uh, and his children in opposite directions, and then God shows up. Jacob wrestles with him, and the Lord touches Jacob. In a new way, on the other side of him passing some tests. He had some things worked out of him when he's working for Laban. We see fruit of this as he sent things to bless his brother Esau. After he's stolen from him, he says, I'm going to make this right. Now I'm going to turn around and I'm going to bless you. God says, okay, now it's time for a reset. Because passing the test in the season you were in will qualify you for a fresh touch that causes you to walk in a new manner. Are you with me? We want a fresh touch, but are we willing to pass the test of the season that precedes it? Are we willing to apologize to the people we need to apologize to that we've harmed previously? Are we willing to repent of the wrongdoing we've done previously that's put us in some precarious situations? Are we willing to adjust The things in our own lives and our own thoughts and our own speech that have kept us bound in the season that we're in. He couldn't be Israel with a new walk until he passed the test of the season of Jacob. Until he worked things out of him that didn't need to be there. But when you finally work it out, there's that reset button that gets hit. They've called you Jacob. They've called you the supplanter. They've called you the deceiver. But God says, I'm coming and I'm hitting a reset button, and I'm giving you a fresh identity. I'm giving you a fresh name. I'm giving you a new walk, and you won't be known by what you were, but you will now be known by what I'm calling you. You won't be known by your dysfunction, but you will now be known by your peace. You won't be known by by the fact that you've been a deceiver. You will now be known as somebody who releases blessing for us he comes he says you won't be known in a new season by your poverty but you will now be known by your abundance you won't be known by your sickness you'll be known that you're healed your marriage won't be known as the one that's that's on the that, 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 that's that's on on the rocks in a bad spot you'll be known as the ones who everybody's like can they just like stop talking about how much they love each other come on somebody. You won't be your your kids won't be known as the ones who were messed up. They'll be known as the ones who are on fire for God and living in revival. Your family won't be known as the ones who hate each other. You'll be known as the ones who love each other. You won't be known as the people with all of the all of the dysfunction and all of the issues. You'll be known as the ones who are walking in the blessing and the prosperity of God because when God touches you and says it's time for a new season, everything begins to shift and everything begins to change. Because when God does it, nobody else can deny it. And there's even greater blessing on the other side, because in the next day, Esau blesses Jacob. The one he stole from blesses him. The one he hurt blesses him. Because in your new season, people that despised you previously will start blessing you. Because whenever He resets things, He starts making all things new. He restores all things. Not some things. But He restores all things. I said He restores all things. All things. Not, not just the easy things. All things. We can't sing, this is a house of miracles, and then believe, well, what that means is God's going to call some people to not have a headache, that had a headache when they came into church. I say, yes, amen for that. Hallelujah. Bless God. Every miracle is a miracle. But we're we're not content to just believe for the small things. Because we don't serve a small God. We serve a God whose love is never ending and is everlasting. Who desires the best for his people. Who isn't an old angry man in the sky looking to hurt you. But he's looking to bless you. It's a new season. It's a reset. I believe this isn't just a new year that we're coming into, but it is an opportunity. Listen, I'm not just because I say this word reset doesn't mean everything's going to happen. You've got to do some things. But I believe there's an opportunity for reset in this season, there's an opportunity for new identity, there's an opportunity for God to do something new in your life. If we will pass the test of being faithful. To what he tells us to do. And I believe in a new season that God is going to bring you in to the greatest season you've ever experienced. How I many have some promises that you know God's given you that you haven't seen the fulfillment of yet? Come on, how many know you God's given you some? About half of you. The rest of y'all we will give you a word after. We've all got things that God has said that he wants to do. I don't care how young you are, how old you are. There are things that God wants to do in your life that you haven't seen the fruition of yet. And what time better than now to begin to see the fruit of what we believe for? I don't need to wait for 2023 or 2025 or 2032 or anything like that. We can begin to see it now. January 2nd, 2022. We can look and we can say, God, you're about to do something new and fresh. And we say yes and amen. Do it in our hearts. Do it in our lives. Let the reset occur and let something new begin to transpire that pushes me in to the fulfillment of everything that you've called me to do. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this new year. Thank you. It's a new time. It's a new season. It's a new day. It's a new hour. And we Lord, thank, we thank you, Lord. It's not just a rolling over of the clock into a new year. But Lord, we thank You, Lord, that it is truly a reset. That it is truly a new season. That it's truly a new day. That You are doing something new. And You are doing something fresh in every heart and in every life in this day and this hour. Lord, we thank You that You're going to move in the miraculous in this year like we've never seen before. Come on, just pray with me this morning. Whatever it is that you're believing for, I just want you to start declaring that it's going to shift and it's going to change. Come on, it's right where you are. I just want you to bend it. To to call those things that are not as though they are. If you're believing for restoration, I want you to start declaring and thanking God for what He's restoring. If you're believing for healing, if you're believing for financial breakthrough, whatever it is you're believing for, I just want you to start thanking Him for it. Start, Start prophesying for things to move and things to change. Father, we thank You, Lord, that You're moving in every situation and in every heart today. Lord, we thank You that as we make requests known to You, that You are not a deaf God, but that You hear us. And that, Lord... Not only are you not deaf, but you're not paralyzed either and you respond. You hear and you respond to the cries of your people. We thank you, Lord. We are making adjustments in our hearts, in our lives in order for you to do what you said you were going to do. Lord, we thank you as we're passing the test. There's a new identity. There's a new understanding. There's a reset that you're giving us in this day and in this hour. We thank you and we give you praise for today in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Thank you again for downloading today's podcast. Make sure you subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Once again, if you would like to sow a financial gift to the ministry of High Praise, you can do so at our website, highpraise.church, or by using text to give. Just text your desired gift to 407-326-2034. Once again, hit that subscribe button so you never miss a message, and we'll be back next week with another powerful word.